Hello, hello, hello. Well, welcome back, magical, beautiful souls. You are tuning into the Soulfully Awakened podcast. I'm really excited for you guys to listen to today's episode. I've been having so much fun restarting up my sacred soul sessions where I connect with beautiful souls who are just doing things in the world or being the embodiment of some sort of frequency and energy that I really want to introduce into my audience. So today on the podcast, I have Chelsea Zerna, and she is a embodiment coach, a rewilding guide, a shadow worker, an ecstatic dance facilitator, a retreat leader, and the creator of the Amethyst Festival. So Chelsea is super passionate about helping others return to their wild primal self. And you will get a taste and flavor of that today as we talk about rewilding shadow work, stepping into the embodiment of who we are, taking off the mask, and we talk about ecstatic dancing. So she feels this mission deep in her bones around weaving the wild, the shadow, the light, and helping guide others back home to self by stripping away the layers and masks that they wear. So I'm super excited to have this chat on the podcast today, and I hope that you guys enjoy it. So sit back, grab your cozy drink, your tea, your coffee, your water, your cacao, and listen, or maybe you're taking us along today as you are going on your way to work or you're driving your car, whatever it is, just sink into the frequency, open yourselves up and allow yourself to receive this beautiful transmission. Enjoy. Hi, Chelsea. I'm so excited to have you today and welcome to our podcast. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. You're so welcome. I can't wait to just soak in and immerse in your wisdom and knowledge and your experience with shadow work and rewilding. And I think this is going to be such a beautiful topic and wisdom filled episode for other people to listen to. So, I think I kind of want to talk about shadow work first. And for those listening, some people may have read about shadow work or maybe they don't know what shadow work is. So from your own perspective and experiential lens, what does shadow work mean to you? Yeah. Yeah. So I actually have a a little story to go along with shadow work. Um, About two years ago, I was, uh, um, in a cab in Bali going from the airport to my destination. And I shared the cab with a girl and she said she was a shadow worker. And I said, well, what a shadow work. And I immediately knew that when I was getting out of that cab, it was going to be a journey of really learning what shadow work was. And so for me, this whole journey has been really kind of um, going into the deepest parts of myself and really accepting the parts that I may have repressed and bringing them to the surface so that I could transmute them into light. And so it's a different journey for everybody, but the journey for me has been about a journey of self-acceptance and really like going into the parts of ourselves that and myself that potentially have been shut down or repressed and bringing them to the surface to heal them and just 
basically integrating them as the self um, in all aspects and kind of transmuting any of the darkness or the shadow into light. Mm -hmm. I love that. And I like that you talk about how shadow work is going to be extremely personal and unique to every person, because I know that there are a lot of teachings and books on shadow work and shadow work doesn't look just one way and the way that we're going to navigate and work through it is going to look completely different. So what are some of your personal techniques or your ways of just really dancing with that shadow side and integrating the shadow for yourself? Mm. Well, first of all, I love that you just use the word dancing <laughs> because that's a huge part of it. It's, it's embodiment. Mm-hmm. And sometimes when we're only working with the mind, we're only working with like the conscious mind, um, we, we do get very deep and we're able to kind of go into those crevices in our minds and kind of transmute a lot of those things by asking deep questions and going into those parent relationships and those like journeys that really brought us up and maybe who we are. Um, but then the other part of it is embodiment and really getting into our bodies and moving the energy so that it's not stuck in our in our bodies. I think Eckhart totally literally calls it like pain bodies when we get triggered and they get stuck in our bodies and breath work and dance and movement. Any of those things kind of activate these parts of our bodies and actually loosen them up so that we're more able to access more of ourselves. Mm, I love that. And the embodiment piece is huge because we, like you said, we can think about it. We can ask a lot of questions and if it stays all up here in our head and we're not doing some sort of something somatically where we can get it into the body, feel it through the body. For me, I'm always like, that's such a missing step. So with myself, I'm a fitness instructor. I do dance and I also do shamanic work. And that's a piece of what I do is like shamanic expression embodiment through ecstatic dance. And I know that you are big on ecstatic Mm -hmm. dance. I've done several of your virtual festivals and you're just like, when I watch, you're like the queen of just like letting yourself go. And so for people who are listening and like, well, I would like to maybe start to try that. What, what are, what are just some tips or advice that you can offer about, cause I know people get stuck in their bodies. Like I'm not, I'm not a good dancer. How do you help people or how did you help yourself just drop in and connect to your body and let go of judgment? Totally. Yeah. So I actually used to not be great at it at all. I was actually like, I grew up a, a, a ballerina. So, and, and I did hip hop, but when it came to actually like no structured movement, it felt really uncomfortable. And I think that's the case for a lot of people. And for me, um, I was actually at a conference in Estonia and I was going around the room and I was asking a bunch of women, like, what does it mean to be feminine to you? And I, I, like everyone had their own answers. And finally, this girl, she took my hands and she said, come with me. And it, the, there was music on and there was nobody dancing. But all of a sudden she closed her eyes and she just started moving her body like a mad woman. And so I naturally just mirrored her. And when I opened my eyes, I don't know how much time went by, maybe like a few minutes Like I opened my eyes and the whole room, there was like, I don't know, 15, 20 people that had gone onto the dance floor, joined us to dance. And she goes, Chelsea, this is the power of the feminine energy. It's magnetic. It's freeing. It's playful. It's fun. It's not about, you know, dancing to look a certain way or to perform or whatever it is that we do. 
or how like have a friend dance with us. It's about just like expression and being free in the body. And so the way I found ecstatic dance was actually like seeking this like feminine energy. And this was the most freeing thing that I discovered about getting into my body and connecting with the feminine. And yeah, I think um, for me, just like allowing myself, allowing the teacher to be the music and not necessarily having any sort of structure or plan, just like allowing my body to just go wild and honestly, like not caring what it looks like or what anyone thinks. It's not really about anyone else. It's just about like how I'm feeling and just like allowing myself to feel free. And then when I'm feeling free, I feel like I can connect with anybody. Yeah, I can totally relate to that coming from, um, I'm a fitness instructor, so I teach a lot of dance and you teach a lot of choreography. And so it's, everything's on account and everything kind of repeats and melds together. And when I first found ecstatic dance, I had to deprogram myself from this, like have to stay on beat, have to look this way, have to do that. And it took me a while because it felt very weird in my body to not have this structure, no matter how beautiful and sacred and fluid and flowy that that structure was, it was just about letting it go and, and letting myself move in different ways. Like sometimes, like if I'm feeling very stuck in my energy, frustrated, the dance itself is not going to look pretty. Maybe it's a lot of stomping, like it's a lot of shaking. And when I watch myself, I would be like, Oh, this isn't good, but I'm just like, it feels good. And so I like that you said that it's not about how it looks. It's about how it feels to you and how it feels in your body. Because ultimately when we're showing up, and that expression, it's to play with a certain energy or frequency that is either stuck or wants to move through us either for release or for integration. And so I like you find that dance is super powerful. And I know that you do a lot of ecstatic dance, you use it in your work. And so it's just so fun to connect with other people who feel that way. Cause some people who might be listening might be like, well, like how the fuck does dance help me <laughs> release or integrate? And you are definitely uh, a testament of that this works and it's powerful. And this is why you bring it into the arena of the work that you do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I totally resonate with that. For sure. I feel like dance was like the key for me to feeling free. in my expression, I gained more confidence with even like working and actually like being able to have really deep conversations with people because I was more embodied and I was more confident with like, my own expression and then it actually came out in my words and vocally. And I really think that it's all connected, like the sacral chakra and the throat chakra. I think mm -hmm. that's really, really connected. And it's important for us to realize, like, I think people in the world are still kind of rejecting the concept that the mind and the body are actually so intimately connected. And I know in the spiritual community, that's like obvious at this point. But I think uh, the more we can get into our body, the more we can actually heal our mind and, and vice versa, too. I mean, they both work so hand in hand. Mm -hmm. I, I love that you said that. Cause I I'm always about like, how does this feel in my body getting into my body? And that's what I lead a lot of people because I always tell like, and I think we all do this on the spiritual journey. It's when we're getting into, we're so excited. It's all about the upper chakras. It's like, I want to feel, I want to channel. And so we think that it's about leaving our body, but once we start to go down the path, we're like, whoa, 
actually it's about really getting into the body because this is a gift. This physical body is a gift. I get to experience all these emotions. So I always remind myself like the, I get to, I get to do this. I get to feel this. And it's a feeling. And as we're alchemizing energy through the body, that's such a fucking powerful thing because we can only get so far in these meditative states. You know, it's beautiful. Like I have beautiful meditations, but to me, some of my most powerful um, channel clearings or pings of insight come from when I'm just sitting with a cup of cacao, I get up and I look in the mirror and I just start to move and I dance with my body and just bring that in. And so for you, when you start, when you got into ecstatic dance and bringing it in, how did you get led to bringing ecstatic dance into your world? How did that come onto your path? Mm, Yeah. And, you know, I'll just hit on one thing that you said about the lower chakras and the upper chakras. um, And then I'll, and then I'll get into that because I think you just hit on something that's really important. I think in the spiritual community, it is about moving the energy up and really allowing yourself to, you know, awaken and transcend and, you know, have all these amazing experiences. But there is, it is really important to bring it back into the body so that you're not always like floating. Mm -hmm. Like being in that primal essence is really important for grounding and operating in the world. And I think going between the two is actually like the duality of life. Like we have to do both and they're both spiritual. Mm -hmm. It's just different ways of doing it, like meditating and being in the body. And if you can combine them, then you're literally operating in spirit. You're actually being a complete um, spiritual being. You're, 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 you're operating in totality instead of kind of like, you know, only one side of the spectrum. So I think that's really important. And um, specifically around ecstatic dance, the day I found ecstatic dance at that conference, I started doing it every single day. And then I started, I was at the time I was uh, nomadic. So I was traveling to different cities and I started hosting them in different cities in Europe and then in Asia. And it just started becoming this way of life. And then when I moved back to Atlanta, um, I, I created this event series called Rewild, which is all about breath, sound and movement, bringing you know, ecstatic dance and sound healing and all of these modalities, cacao, and kind of integrating them all together and, and putting it into an experience for people to actually have moments of connection and, and authentic relating and, and, um, and awakening even during these, you know, experiences. It's just massive um, groups of people that get together and then, you know, the energy just creates this vortex in this space to kind of get into those deeper states the trance dance type of things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you're talking about like, I know rewilding is like another huge pillar of like what you do. And I, I just love the word rewilding. Cause when I think of rewilding, I just think of just, for me, it, it like just sparks this feeling of the goddess energy, dark goddess, primal, ancient womb wisdom, and just that innate ability that we all have. And I know this is something you're so passionate about. This is something that like, I'm passionate about when I work with other people. So for our audience who is listening, kind of, um, can you kind of like paint them a picture of what it means to view that essence of rewilding through your own beautiful, magical lens? 
Yes, and you just did an amazing job right there. <laughs> that was awesome. That's everything. Yeah. <laughs> And I would say there's just like two other minor components. The first one is like wild is almost like coming back to our instinctual nature and kind of like being very intuitive, almost like you think of like a lion and like a lion is just like always tracking the environment. They feel the birds. They know when things are around them. They, they're just, they, they see it all and kind of rewilding is coming back into that natural essence that we have but we potentially lost touch with with our humanity so it's kind of like going backwards that we can go forwards again and reconnecting with something that we may have lost and the other side of it is a little bit more uh, human is just kind of this concept of unmasking I, I think a lot of people especially I came from the corporate world a lot of people walk around with these these masks of this is what I have to be for the world. This is what it says on my resume. This is like the, the thing that I carry around. And I don't want people to get beyond this mask because then they'll be able to see the true me and I haven't fully accepted that me. And so this whole journey, and that's kind of why rewilding and shadow work come together so nicely. It's like, it's like, how can you allow yourself to just own it? Like be seen for who you are. Know that the human experience involves the full spectrum and everybody experiences the same emotions. They're not just reserved for some people. And, 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 and it's like, some people are more vocal about it than others, but we're all experiencing the same things. And when we can share those experiences, it actually connects us to other people versus separates us. I think people fear that when they start sharing themselves and getting more vulnerable, people are like, oh, they're not gonna like me. They're gonna see this side of me. And actually, it, it has the opposite effect. It's like, it takes courage to do that. But then people are like, wow, you know, I've experienced this too. And so I think part of rewilding is just like allowing yourself to feel free in your body, to not hide, to not mask, to not wear all these layers, but to just release it and allow yourself to just love you for who you are. Yeah, I completely resonate with that. And I loved what you touched upon about it's about getting into that like primal instinctual nature, like the intuitive self, because I talk about this a lot, how we are being right now on this stage, this arena, what's going on, we are all being given this opportunity to remember that innate intuitive ability because we've been we've been extremely desensitized from trusting ourselves trusting the body like listening to the body what is the body telling me and i see so many people who maybe before weren't really questioning things or listening to themselves waking up and being like whoa like what's going on and so this rewilding is like happening on such massive waves where people are starting to question or starting to want to go deeper into themselves. And so I love that you talk about that because I feel the same way and about the unmasking and I, I call it like the unbecoming, like unbecoming all of these things that we just put putting on our back or wearing as a mask. And like, I, I have to do this. I should do this. I need to do this. And it's like, stop, pause. What do you want to do? Who are you? And just allowing that version of yourself 
to come out every day. So I always tell people about authenticity. It's not like a one-stop shop. The version that you show up to today, that is authentic to you. But as you keep traveling in your inner realms, you're going to find more and more and more pieces. You're going to remember more. So you may step into a new layer and you may look different to other people and be like, you know, well, this isn't who Nicole was or Chelsea was, you know, a month ago, but it's like, we are finding those breadcrumbs that are leading us back to that primal self, that, that wild woman, that wild energy. And I think that's a really beautiful thing. And that is something that people struggle with is, is it safe for me to be myself? Because if I myself you know, are people going to like me? Am I going to belong? Are they going to accept me? Um, am I too fucking weird? Like that's been like a narrative my whole life. Like I'm too weird, but through lots of healing, lots of past life regressions that I've done for myself and energy work. And I've just gotten to this point in the most loving way where it's like, I, I don't fucking care. And that's all mm -hmm. said with love. It's like the, I don't fucking care, but wrapped in this beautiful, unconditional love. And it's like, this is who I am. Like, and I think that you completely give people permission to do that. Like, since I've been following you on Instagram and been to your festivals, the way that you show up and lead is who you are in, in your everyday regular life. So like people who don't know you, like when you're talking about the lion, I was looking at, I'm like, yeah, she does embody the archetype, the energy of a lion, like your hair, your energy. You just have like this <laughs> very, very lioness energy about you. And it's so beautiful. And I think that um, your, your energy just speaks through your words, like the transmission of what you were here to do. Mm, thank you. I appreciate that so much. And I, I resonate with the unmasking and kind of like the, um, what did you call it? The unbecoming and kind mm -hmm. of like gaining more um, awareness in these, in these um, taking off the layers in a way and becoming more of this like primal essence. Yeah, I resonate with that and I appreciate that. I think it's mm -hmm. so, um, and I like the idea of, um, I think sometimes people feel that they do need permission or they need, need to feel safe in order to trust that they can be themselves and be accepted and seen and loved for it. So even with um, the, the Amethyst Fests, the festivals that we've been putting on, part of the idea is just, you know, you get people on the festival and they have their cameras turned off and they're like, I don't know what I'm getting myself into. But then it's this whole moment of just like, allow yourself to be seen. Let's just like stand up and just like do the craziest dance move you can and just like allow yourself to be seen for that. So that people can like start getting comfortable with being like, okay, cool. Everyone's being weird here. And it's actually not weird. It's actually normal. It's just like maybe my own level of what I consider normal is actually like limiting me from actually being seen in the world for this version of myself. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, I completely like agree with that. It's like when we attach or hook into what we think is normal or this or that, it does create limitations. That's something I've been playing with is just kind of like being so open, asking myself, how open can you be, Nicole? How many perspectives can you hold? And, and just really trying to be in that field of neutrality. And I think a lot of people trip up on that and think if you're being neutral, you're being passive. And I'm like, actually, I, neutrality to me is being able to see so many things and I can still be passionate about things, but 
you know, one isn't better over the other. I can simply just observe, play that role of the observer and like play it through my body and be like, okay, like this feels good in my body, having that sense of discernment. And so that's just kind of like how I've been playing with the energy of everything. And to me right now, that feels, that feels really good to my body. Yeah. And, and as I hear you say that there's a certain level of almost unattachment in a really mm-hmm. beautiful way. It's like, it's like this space of, I'm okay either way. Like, I, I, like I'll be happy if this way, I'll be happy if this way. And it actually, yeah, I feel it gives us power to be in that place. It's like, that's where our personal power really emerges and comes from. When we're really attached to it needing to be a certain way or an outcome, that's kind of where the, the wounded masculine comes in. And like the, the idea of not feeling safe or not trusting in the universe and just kind of being like, well, I need it to be this certain way to work out this certain way. So I'm going to attach to this thing. And the way that I hear you describing it is just like very unattached and very open. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a whole journey of getting into the place of being unattached. And yeah, yeah, definitely. And that's something too, like people who are listening, like Nicole coming to this place did not happen overnight. It's just like been, it's been a journey because I think we've all been there where we feel so strongly about this one way. So we're so hooked into it. And for me, it's been that unbecoming and and it's such an interesting energy or frequency for me to swim in because it's almost hard to give it like words that the human mind can understand what I'm trying to relay it because it's such a feeling and I've just been noticing, like, if anytime you feel neutral about something, it almost gets a bad reputation. Like, well, if you're neutral, then, you know, you're going to be part of the problem. You're doing nothing. And it's like, but that's not the way that I feel about neutrality. For me, it's about holding as many perspectives and not feeling more strongly about one over the other and just really sitting almost in that observer space and seeing it like, oh, okay, I see your truth here. Oh, I see your truth here. Like I can extract all that medicine from both. And I'm not saying you're better or I'm not saying you're wrong. It's like, yeah, they're both valid. And that's kind of where I've been dancing a lot lately. And it's been very interesting, but it's been very, very freeing at the same time. Yes, I totally resonate with that. I love that. It's almost like you are okay with any outcome and scenario and just becoming the observer of reality versus being so in it mm-hmm. and kind of getting pulled in multiple directions. And it yeah. takes a lot of consistent, you said discernment and just like really consistent focus and having intentions to be able to like lift out of being so in the experience and instead of observing it and just allowing it to unfold naturally. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And when you touched upon doing the um, amethyst festivals, I kind of want to talk about that because I think that's another key aspect of you because during quarantine, like you so (laughs) graciously put together these amazing, amazing conscious festivals that all of us could participate in from the comfort of our home. And I think that was beautiful because so many of us like to be in that kind of energy, that conscious community, because you can literally just strip down naked metaphorically and maybe physically as well. And just, (laughs) just be your, just be yourself and just really just dance in that energy. And so you brought that to us. And so, um, 
have you, have you always organized festivals and how did you get into doing this kind of, um, beautiful work? Because it was awesome. And you guys, I've been, I, I did all of them that she did and they were all amazing. Oh my gosh. I love hearing that. Thank you. (laughs) You're welcome. Well, yeah, actually I've never done festivals. It was actually more just like the rewild events. And then it's, uh, the last two years I, I was nomadic, so I was traveling around the world and I met like, you know, uh, at least a hundred or so coaches. And uh, I was really involved with the Mind Valley community. I was really involved in the Bali community and just different communities around the world. And when COVID hit, um, I had actually planned on doing a, a five day event with five women for International Women's Day. And for some reason, my intuition was like, don't launch it yet, just wait. And so actually like the week that COVID hit, I pulled a, I freaked out. I was like, oh my God, what is happening in the world? I had this whole like fear response and I pulled a tarot card or an Oracle card and it was the sacred fool. And that card represents, this is going to happen, but not the way that you think it is. And so I actually went into like a little brainstorming session and I was like, what does the world really need right now? And so I decided to pull together every single coach that I had come across during my travels. And I was like, let's all come together and give the world this festival. People need to get out of fear. We need to unite the community. So then that's kind of how it started. And then people kept asking for more festivals. So I ended up doing four already. We're going to have a fifth one in September. And it just kept evolving. And so we've had over 100 different speakers now and different, you know, artists and musicians and different things come and give their gifts and the community has been beautiful and receiving that too. Mm, I love that. And everybody who's listening, when she does the one in September, you guys have to go. It's so much fun because so many different topics were brought to it that I have never had the opportunity to sit and listen to about like, Diff, like um, polyamory, like Tantra. Um, I loved Guy Barrington. I loved his yes! um, shamanic transience. Like literally, like when I did that, it was like my my soul was like, fuck yeah, like we've done this before. And it just really mirrored back the way that I kind of do my shamanic work because I'd always be like, well, is it right to bring in all this dance and all this feminine stuff? And then after doing it with him, I was just like, I can literally curate this in the way that feels good to me. Like let go of this like linear logical way of doing things, Nicole, just be and so freeing. And you just brought together so many fun people. Like, I mean, so much fun stuff, yoga, energy, alchemy, and just a lot of really beautiful topics like witchy stuff and um, blood (laughs) magic. And so I think there's like something for everybody. And I even got my husband involved too. So people who are listening, like if your partner is kind of curious, you know, put it on, they may come around and watch. He watched several with me and, you know, people always say, is your husband as spiritual as you? It's like, no, but we're a really good compliment. I think it'd be, we would be way too airy fairy. If he, if we were on the same level, we would never get anything done. <laughs> so he's my grounding portal. Cause I'm super like airy and like mystical, but he really got into a lot of the um, chats and topics too, and would do some of them with me. And so I think that it's such a beautiful offering that you 
pulled your resources together and reached out and just said, Hey, this is what I'm feeling intuitively. Do you guys want to be on board with this? I think we should do this. And you, you've brought so many amazing speakers into our homes that maybe we wouldn't have the opportunity to see. And, and like a three day festival, two day festival, we'd have to go to several different places and go to them. And so, so grateful that um, I started coming to those and that you put those on. Wow, that's amazing. And I love actually hearing that your husband, who might not be as spiritual, was attending because that's actually something I haven't even thought of, but that's really beautiful. Just like in, being, it's such a light way to introduce some of these concepts to people who are like, I'm kind of curious, but I don't want to go to a, like a full blown workshop. <laughs> I love that. I think mm -hmm. that's so cool. Yeah. 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 And I had so much fun. And so like, I would just do everything. Like I'd be doing the ecstatic dance, the shamanic trance dance. And he, he, like, I videoed myself a couple times during and I'm dancing. He's just like walking through the living room and people are like, I love how your husband's just like, you're doing your thing, swirling, <laughs> dancing around, shaking. And he just like looks at you, smiles and he just goes through. And I'm like, because this is how I am. Like, I don't hide all of my uniqueness or what would be considered weird. This is who I am. So I'm not going to hide it behind closed doors. Mm -hmm. And that's just been a progression along my journey, because I think we all kind of were walking that rewilding path and we're really stepping into owning who we are. Um, we kind of do tiptoe because, you know, that ego still creeps in and it's like, whoa, what are you doing? That's too weird. And it's like, you just constantly have to just take your ego by the hand and be like, it's okay. I've got you. I've got you. Like, let's do this. And so for anybody listening, I mean, like for me, this has been like a 10 plus year journey of really melting back into myself, coming back home to myself. And I'm still doing it. I think we all are. Totally. Totally. I think it's going to be a journey that we're on for the rest of our lives. And it's actually cool that we're able to start it young. Cause I think like we're the first generation, at least, I mean, my grandma has been doing yoga and astrology, but mm -hmm. different, you know, they, mm -hmm. they grew up in a very different time in a very different space. And like my parents were not into this at all. Mm -hmm. So actually it feels like almost going against the grain and going against the cultural norm to be like, I'm actually gonna, you know, this is kind of like my belief system. I think that there's this concept of oneness and they're yeah. like, okay, well, I'm going to go to church. And I'm like, all right, amazing. <laughs> You know, it, mm -hmm. yeah, it very cool. it's, it's very cool. And I will say like my, my mom was really influential in my path, not in the sense I was brought up like doing like all of this stuff, but she was, oh, she was a young mom when she had me, she was 17. And so she was always super curious about everything to do with past lives, near death experiences, aliens, star seeds, and just like wow. this concept of just like, there has to be more. And so like, this is like, before there was like the internet and stuff. So she was going to the library and getting her hands on all of these books that she could that were available. And Oh my God, that's amazing. I, I, it's so cool. And so like, I would see her and hear her talk about these things. And when I was growing up, um, I was super into herbalism and I, I, I was, was so fascinated by shamanism. I remember being 13 and watching stuff about shamans. And I was like, Oh my gosh, this feels like such a memory. And as I got older into my teen years and college, my mom would be like sitting there tapping on her third eye. I'd be like, what are you doing? And she'd be like, I'm decalcifying my third eye. And I'd be like, gosh, you are so weird. And then it was like, I had my first massive, like big awakening. And I was like, 
oh my gosh, I get it. And so having these conversations with my mom now, it's so fun to be able to talk to her. And she told me once, she was like, I'm so proud of you. It's so, it's so cool to just like watch you do all these things because I thought like this is the path that I was going to be on. And she was like, but now I realize like I gave birth to, I gave birth to it. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. So she was like my first teacher, like who was in the round, like around me doing it. And I always tell them like, you're my first teacher, even though like we didn't sit down and have like formal training, it was in my ecosphere. It was around me. And so I heard, I heard her talk about it and I saw her, I saw all the books about, you know, like angels and um, guardian angels and aliens and, and all of these things. So it was always there, but it's like when it was my time to like step fully into that first layer of that path, it, it like just happened. And that's why I always say like, you may be a seeker, but divinely what is meant to find you is always going to find you. And we'll have many, many epiphanies and awakenings on our path. Mm, totally. Totally. I totally resonate. That is so special having mm-hmm. that relationship with your mother in that way. I think that's like, I mean, it, it, for me, it feels very rare and mm-hmm. very special. So that's yeah, yeah. amazing. Yeah. It was, it was awesome. Yeah. So, um, is, so besides, uh, the upcoming festival in September. Are there any other offerings, any magical gatherings that you are going to be doing that are upcoming that you want to tell the audience about? Ooh, amazing. Well, I am hosting a retreat in Tulum, um, Mexico in December of this year. So it's actually going to be, um, it's just for women and we have like a whole retreat center. I'm actually in Tulum right now. Um, so that's going to be exciting. It's all about the awakening and rewilding journey, um, for anybody who's on that journey. And it's actually, it's being held in the Yucatan Peninsula where the mind calendar was originally created and the mind calendar was set to end in 2012. They actually miscalculated the date, uh, or we've actually miscalculated it by about eight years. So it actually is set to end this year. So we're also coming back here to, um, and it's not necessarily that it's the end and in the end that we see it, it's actually the end of um, an age and we're shifting into a new age, right? I'm sure everyone's familiar with that, like moving into the age of Aquarius and kind of moving into this new phase of awakening, which we are clearly seeing across the planet right now. Um, So the energy is very powerful and potent here. And then um, aside, and that's called Wildly Woven. So that's wildlywoven.com. And then um, we also have Amethyst University. So if you, um, anyone listening, if you're interested in seeing all the past retreats uh, or the, the past festivals that we've created, we actually created a whole content bank and put it into a university platform so that um, we can keep adding and updating the content as we have the festival so that they're available all the time for anybody. So they don't have to just be live watching it. Mm, Amazing. If people want to connect with you or reach out to you, what are the best ways that they can reach out to you? Um, Instagram is definitely my platform of choice. So that's at Chelsea Zerna. And um, yeah, you can find me at Amethyst Fest, Amethyst University. I'm always around. Um, you'll have direct access to me there. And that's probably the best place I would say. Awesome. And for anybody listening, I will include 
all of this information, all of the links in the show notes. So you could just click there and you can find Chelsea and reach out and connect with her. Chelsea, I just want to thank you so much for taking the time to meet with me and chat with me all the way from Mexico. So if there was any little glitching, which we rarely had any, it's because Chelsea is in Mexico right now and she has this beautiful backdrop behind her and looks tropical and amazing. So thank you, Chelsea. Thank you for having me. I appreciate you. Yes, I appreciate you. Well, thank you again, everybody who joined and who listened today. I hope that you found some bits of wisdom in this and it stirred something awakened in you or maybe it brought you back to a space of remembrance. And as always, we appreciate you guys for tuning in. And if you resonated with this podcast, please share it and make sure that you are subscribed to the podcast and we will talk to you guys soon. Thank you.